0: Welcome to Vedic Living, I'm Ben Collins. In this series of podcasts, Aparna Konalkara and I explore ways to utilize the insights of the ancient Vedic rishis to establish a life full of good health, balance and spiritual fulfillment. This week Aparna and I discuss the Vedic Foundation for Personal Health, balance in our daily life and spiritual development as seen through the eyes of the Vedic tradition, specifically Ayurveda and traditional spiritual practices. Welcome Aparna.
1: Thank you, Ben. It's great to be here.
0: Good. Uh, Why don't we start by having you give our listeners a quick overview of your background.
1: Okay. um, I grew up in India. I was born and raised in India in Mysore, a small southern town. I've lived in the United States for 19 years. I live in Santa Barbara currently and I work as as an Ayurvedic lifestyle and culinary coach. I work privately with people, teaching them about Ayurveda and lifestyle, and also most importantly teaching them how to cook foods that are appropriate for them. Um, My experience includes um, working for the Chopra Center in San Diego. I cooked for their guests four days a week for over a year. And then I also worked as a consultant for resort chefs in Europe, Canada, and the United States uh, when the Chopra Center programs went, traveled to various cities. Um, I've also worked as a postpartum doula in the Ayurvedic tradition. It's one of my specialties, mother-baby massage and cooking specific foods for mothers. Mm. Um, It's all related to food and nutrition and life, so... I have two children, ten and six-year-olds, also little Vedic children,
0: (laughs) whom whom I have met and they are truly angelic, they're very nice kids, very, very nice. Well, in this podcast, um, I thought it would be a unique approach to take, uh, to cover both health and spirituality uh, together, sort of on equal footing, it's not usually presented that way. And I thought that I'd start with a little bit about uh, Sanatana Dharma. Uh, This is a fundamental concept um, in that we're going to refer to it as the Vedic tradition, but it means that knowledge and spirituality are just the most fundamental components of life. Um, They're not really separate from one another, and they can't even be separated from the essential character of life uh, itself um i think it's important to remember that from this perspective all religions and traditions are a part of uh, and an expression of this uh, sanatana dharma and as such the vedic tradition is truly universal in its timelessness and is not bound to one cultural tradition or another or one time in history or another so it is as valuable so. yeah and it's as valuable and applicable Uh, Today in our modern age as it would have been say, you know, 2,000 years ago and the principles haven't changed So looking looking at the challenges that we all face in our uh, stressful world today I think we can say that this knowledge has never been needed more than it is now
1: I agree fully
0: (laughs) Well after our initial conversations in planning out our podcast I came across a quote Uh, that's attributed to the Buddha, uh, and in his very first teaching, he says there are two extremes which a person ought not to follow. The habitual practice on the one hand of self-indulgence, which is unworthy, vain, and fit only for the worldly-minded, and the habitual practice on the other hand of self-mortification, which is painful, useless, and unprofitable. To satisfy the necessities of life is not evil. To keep the body in good health is a duty, for otherwise we shall not be able to trim the lamp of wisdom and keep our mind strong and clear."
1: Very beautiful.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, in the the Vedic tradition, the the Rishis considered good health to be essential.
1: Yes, without good Mm -hmm. health you can't really do anything. Right. You can't fulfill your dharma, you cannot experience joy or bliss, You're kind of it's a bondage to have poor health, a bondage to the body in a negative way.
0: Well and then that bondage you know, spreads to the mind and the emotions and the spirit and all. Now you have a great way of explaining the Rishi's perceptions of the way life is sort of put together and how that relates to, uh, to health and individual physical health.
1: Well, it's not my way. It's actually the Ayurvedic way. Yeah.
0: yeah <laughs> but yes, I'll but you explain to, it well. <laughs>
1: but I'll be glad to explain it. Um, it's actually very simple. Ayurveda suggests that all life in, in this universe is composed of the Panchamahabhutas, which are the five elements, air, space, fire, water, and earth. Everything that exists today and everything that has ever existed is composed of these five elements. And about 5,000 years ago, some say, that the Rishis figured out that various combinations of these elements um, create various, or they govern various functions within the physiology of the human being. For instance, Um, The combination of air and space was called vata, and it governs all movement within the body, as well as the mind. Uh, That includes breathing, excreting, childbirth, menstruation, um, sweating, all of those things. Um, The combination of fire with a little bit of water is called pitta, and as you can imagine, it governs digestion and metabolism. And lastly, kapha, which is a combination of earth and water, governs immunity and also mucus production within the body. So these doshas exist in all of us in varying degrees. And the best way to have good health is by ensuring that these doshas are well balanced. There's a good proportion of each one. So... um, Also, today's topic is also related to ananda or bliss. In Sanskrit, ananda, bliss is ananda. And bliss is something one can experience by actually having a daily practice. It's not something we can buy from a store. It's not something we can get from a pill or from supplements. It requires self-discipline and a genuine desire to experience this Bliss. And bliss is our true nature and it cannot be experienced once in a while when you eat a healthy meal or you do some yoga. Um, Often in today's world, ananda or bliss is almost non-existent or experienced only once in a while. And Ayurveda says that the reason why we do not experience bliss, we do not experience our own true nature is because of pragya aparad. Pragya means the intellect and aparad means mistake. So when we commit pragya aparad or mistake of the intellect, it disallows us to handle or cope with stress, which then enables us to make more mistakes of the intellect, which causes stress in the physiology and in the mind. And as we know, in Ayurveda, the mind and the body are very intimately linked. Everything the body experiences, the mind experiences. Everything the mind experiences, the body experiences. So after a certain amount of stress, a certain period of time of enduring the stress on the mind and physiology, we start to see... We start to experience them as imbalances in regards to physical symptoms, which then leads to disease. In today's world, no matter where you live, we're all overstimulated. Our senses are overused. Um, There is actually a great sort of misalignment between our learning, our ability to cope, our memory, our recollection, and our experiences. We often don't digest our food well. We often don't digest our experiences very well. So one way to actually bring balance to our body-mind on a daily basis is through meditation. In Ayurveda, there is a very clear prescription called dinacharya. Dina means day. And Acharya means routine, so it's daily routine. Daily routines, I know we probably take for granted. We think it's mundane, it doesn't really matter. But in Ayurveda, what we do every day matters more than what we do every once in a while. Whether it's taking some herbs, or going to see an acupuncturist, or taking a yoga class. What we do consistently every day that's balanced with the laws of nature will allow us to have good health which is a big part of experiencing ananda or bliss. And one important aspect of Dinacharya is meditation. It's very dear to me because a number of years ago I learned to meditate and I couldn't believe how much more efficient I became with my time and my tasks that I had to accomplish every single day, as well as having a very grounded sense of reality, of life, and experiencing a very kind of a happy, vibrant nature, radiant nature every day within myself. And meditation essentially is an opportunity for us to connect to the divine. Because we are divine, so when we connect to our source, whoever that might be, a goddess or god or just the universe, um, it really helps us realize who we are and why we're here. It also has many physiological benefits the meditation people meditators have been uh, measured for their heart rate and blood pressure and various other physiological functions and they actually operate much more optimally than those who don't meditate and of course eating a balanced diet and leading a sattvic life is very essential to experiencing ananda
0: you have any comments so on that? yeah i no, no so 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 it seems to me what you're saying is that the um, in in a sense the vision of ayurveda is ultimately uh, to serve the body but the body serves the purpose of exper- of experiencing ananda or uh, spiritual unfoldment yes and you, and you really can't separate one from the other
1: absolutely not they're right. so intimately linked they're married the body mm-hmm. and the mind
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, if our ultimate expression of being here on Earth is to experience bliss, if that's our true goal, then it's really our responsibility to do certain things, take action on certain levels, so we can allow ourselves to experience that. We're not here to suffer, although that's experiencing certain negative things are part of being in a human body. It's part of the experience of being a human being. But if true, pure bliss consciousness is our true nature, then we are responsible for creating it, for experiencing it. And once you do it, this is the greatness of Ayurveda, that's why it's lasted for more than 5,000 years. Is that once you see its simplistic beauty and its ease, you know, the, the kind of grace and ease that comes out of you from practicing some very simple things on a daily basis, you'll never go back to living the way you used to.
0: Well, you know, you you, you mentioned that, and um, uh, when I was preparing for this, I did some research on Ayurveda, because I got kind of interested in the history of it. Mm-hmm. so so let me let me say just a couple things about the history, sure. and then let 's talk about um, sort of a, a, you know our podcast is Vedic Living. H- how you can integrate some of these uh, principles of Ayurveda into one 's daily life Yes um, <clears throat> there are a number of different sources for Ayurvedic uh, teachings, one of which um, is the Dhanvantri Samhita. Uh, in the Garuda Purana. Um, this is one of the Vishnu Puranas, and Garuda is the eagle on which Vishnu uh, rides. Mm-hmm. And dhanvantri is the divine physician uh, who, in the story of the churning of the ocean of milk, which the gods had to do in order to become immortal, uh, dhanvantri the divine physician, emerges last out of the, uh, the ocean of, Holding the pot of amrita or uh, or nectar, mm-hmm. so this, um, in a way, um, the Dhanvantri Samhita is just a collection of of these Ayurvedic teachings. Um, what's really interesting is that it's part of the Atarva Veda, um, which is actually one, the youngest of the of the four Vedas, and um, they have been able to date the Atarva Veda back to the 10th or 12th century uh, BC, and uh, to give a sense of perspective, that's about the time of the pharaoh Ramses the Great, it was the time of Exodus, um, when uh, led by Moses, and also the, the time uh, during which Sparta was founded, so it's it's pretty old. It is. And, uh, it's
1: b- old, but it's also the... You know, it is also the most practiced of all medical systems in the world. It is still the yeah. the main form of medical care in India, and in various forms all over Asia.
0: Well, and, and you know, so here's a couple of verses uh, from the Dhanvantri Samhita. Um, now, the translation that I'm working from is an old one, um, and so uh, sort of it has this kind of very traditional British language, but... Uh, So it begins a variety of injudicious conduct tends to enrage the fundamental organic principles of vata, pitta, and kapha. Ingestion of a lot of hot, astringent, spicy food, heavy eating, running, climbing, lifting, running mental labor are factors that can uh, aggravate vata. Vata is also spontaneously aggravated in the summer after meals and at the close of day or night. Uh, and then they continue, ingestion of pungent, acid, sharp, hot, spoiled foods, and indulgent in angry feelings are factors which enrage Pitta, which also becomes naturally aggravated during certain summer months, the middle part of the day or night, or when food undergoes an acid reaction in the stomach after digestion. Uh, And then finally, uh, ingestion of sweet, acidic, salty, and cold foods, as well as long sitting in one place, lack of sleep, sleeping during the day, and lack of proper digestion are causes of the aggravation of kapha dosha. Mm -hmm. Kapha is also spontaneously deranged in springtime, in the beginning parts of the day and night, and immediately after eating. Um, so, just these three verses, uh, you know, if any of our listeners has have studied Ayurveda at all, you'll recognize um, a lot of those, uh, you know, injunctions in terms of, you know, what are some of the consequences and how to recognize them, you know, and to think that that was uh, um, expressed so simply and so clearly so long ago. Yeah. Um it's really it's really quite extraordinary because I think for the most part uh, most of us in the West we're used to thinking of you know medicine as being this ever expanding frontier of greater knowledge. Yeah, yes. But the fundamentals haven't changed.
1: They have not. And actually, you know, Shushruta, one of the most famous Ayurvedic physicians, I don't know how many thousands of years ago he lived, he is the creator or the he's he the one who invented um all of our modern surgical instruments are based on his creations that Mm. many thousands of years ago. Wow. And, you know, when the British came to India several hundred years ago, there were more than 100 Ayurveda colleges. When they left in 1947, there were fewer than 10. Wow. They pretty much considered it to be like this witchcraft, and they just shut it down. And there's so much Ayurvedic knowledge that's hidden... Safeguarded within families today. Um, they're afraid of it com- becoming commercialized or being sold to make money. Because mm-hmm. this knowledge is very sacred. It's based on consciousness, you know. It's not about selling a pill or a, a drug. So, yeah, some of it is starting to come out now, but still, much of the knowledge is hidden. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so with with um, with these you know sort of simple principles of vata, pitta, and kapha um, in mind, what you know what what can what are some simple things that people can do um, in their daily routine to sort of maintain or or regain a sense sure. of balance? I mean, you know, a lot of Ayurveda is. Um, uh, perceived probably as being either taking supplements you know, or going away on an Ayurvedic retreat that involves um, you know, massage and treatments yeah. and so on and so forth. But I, think there, but I think there's got to be a number of things that we could do just to very slightly adjust our, our lifestyle and you know, that would have a positive effect.
1: Yes, many things. And the thing about Ayurveda I always say which makes people laugh is it's very user-friendly. You don't need to go get a degree to, to study this, to, to practice this. Um, very simply, if people, if I can get our readers to understand the principle of opposites, that's very fundamental to Ayurveda, and that means that we treat dryness with oily and warm. We treat overheatedness with cooling foods or cooling treatments. We treat sluggishness with opposite to get people going. So if you can understand how simple that is, then the few suggestions I'm going to make will make total sense. So if you are struggling with a vata imbalance, and that could be constipation, anxiety, insomnia, you treat it simply, of course, you first treat all doshas by meditation. That's one of the best ways, something you can do every single day, twice a day. But for a vata specifically, a warm shower, an oily massage that you can do by yourself, it's not so much the strokes of the massage, it's that the warm oil is applied to the body and then you take a hot shower and the oil penetrates deeper into the skin and gives you the sense of groundedness, not the anxious, spacey vata disorder. For pittas, since they tend to be very goal-oriented and task-oriented, and they tend to get irritated, it would be great for them to go on a swim, go for a swim, spend time in nature around greenery. Kafas who tend to be like couch potatoes or lack motivation, they can really benefit from going to a, a hot yoga class, not necessarily Bikram, but like a, a, a a yoga class where you sweat and you move, and or take a nice long brisk walk. Um, another general thing that's good for all doshas is drinking a glass of hot water with lemon every morning. That's one of the easiest ways to detox. Um, vatas need to stay warm. Vatas need structure. If you if you stop and feel how the wind moves, which is you know, which is much like vata. Vata energy, subtle energy of vata is very displaced. It's up and down, erratic. So people with vata, imbalances tend to live their life like that. They're very up and down. They eat a lot, they don't eat. They sleep a lot, they don't sleep at all. So one of the best ways to balance vata in addition to meditation is to have a daily routine. Pittas will do very well by doing less. Less is more. They they need more of the heart connection. Some rose lassi, some rose water, some rose oil. Or even just having roses next to your bed is very healing for pittas. And kaphas, they need to eat less and move more. They're very deeply nurturing people. People with kapha imbalances can be very nurturing. But they also need to get things done. They need to get moving. So they can they can actually contribute very greatly to the world. They they have the strongest physiology and the strongest immune system. They're the workhorses of all the three doshas. But when they're imbalanced, they need more motivation, more drive. They actually can do well with a little bit spicy foods, a little bit more raw foods. So these are some very general and simple things that various imbalances can be overcome.
0: Now, let's um, let's go back and talk a little bit about um, meditation because it's something both you and I um, have some experience in. And one of the things that I want to uh, emphasize is that, um, you know, the Vedic system is not very particular in terms of what form of meditation you have to do. I mean, there's not... Um, not 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 a particular meditation brand that's right. uh, that's required, and certainly you know, within the the PujaNet community and the listeners of the podcast, people are going to be um, practicing a wide variety of different techniques. And so, I think it's you know important to emphasize first of all that it is less important you know which style of meditation you do, um, and it's more important simply that you do it or do something.
1: Absolutely
0: correct, So I think whether you do a sitting, you know, eyes closed, you know, mantra meditation, whether you're doing breath-oriented meditation, um, walking meditation, um, another form of meditation that I particularly like, um, because it blends very well with Jyotish or Vedic astrology, um, is called mantra japa. Yes And that's just the, it can be mental or it can be um, uh, uh, it can be silent or it can be out loud, that kind of uh, uh, repetition of a mantra. But basically the idea is that you know the power of a mantra is really respected in so many different traditions. And I think it's because there's that uh, intimate connection between um, nama and Rupa, name and, and form. Um, so that when you're repeating these mantras, the, the vibrational quality of the mantra has an effect not only on our awareness, because a lot of times we think of meditation as being, you know, a mental process, but also on our physiology as well. And so, yeah. Um, so so uh, I I. Uh, uh, I, I remember there is a quote somewhere in the Gita, in the Bhagavad Gita where uh, Krishna says that um, uh, Mantra Japa is, uh, is the queen of uh, spiritual practices. He yeah. um, speaks obviously speaks very highly of it. And it doesn't have to be a big, huge uh, commitment of time or energy or effort, um, just like the suggestions that you've made. In terms of routine, um, Mantra japa can be integrated into a, a daily routine just effortlessly. Um, ten minutes, five minutes, you know. And uh, so one of the things that I wanted to do in these podcasts, in addition to your lifestyle suggestions, um, is to, is to uh, talk about a particular mantra, one in each podcast. Wonderful. So we start with ganesha because ganesha starts everything mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. and my you know my favorite mantra for ganesha is om gum ganapataye namaha it's so difficult to say this mantra without a smile <laughs> uh, which i think matches ganesha's very sort of almost playful, playful. quality right um, now some people prefer not to use om you can use just gum ganapataye namaha uh, gum is what's known as a bija mantra, and uh, bija just means a seed. It, it contains the power, you know, or shakti of, of Ganesha. And in a sense, gum is the, it's the gas for the engine of the mantra. has no particular meaning, it's just, you know, just the sound quality. Ganapataye is just Ganesha, and uh, he removes obstacles, Uh, But within the context of Ayurveda, he removes blockages to the smooth flow of energy uh, throughout our system, and in that way helps to restore balance, you know? Yes. So typically one would do 108, um, but you can do either multiples of that or divisions of that. You could do 27, you know? Ganapatiye Namaha, Namaha, Namaha. You can count them on your fingers. You can get a, a mala, like a rosary of different beads, and you can count that way. Um, but uh, you know, along with the other things that you've you've mentioned, aparna, I think, and I've seen this over and over and over. Um, you know, people who are having trouble, for example, with Saturn. Um, in their astrological chart, going through a, a period of time where the energy of Saturn is very strong, um, even just sitting down and doing um, you know, 27 repetitions twice a day, um, it's all of a sudden the delaying and obstructive qualities of Saturn get much, much, much softer. So it's, it's like an antidote in yes. that way.
1: And you feel a sense of empowerment. You know, you you can't change your karma, but you can remedy it through these devotional... You know, you can have this devotion to uplifting yourself or to connecting or invoking those qualities of that deity or that planet within yourself. That's what I've found. I've done probably a few million Durga mantras in the last five years. (laughs) And, you know, I have to say, people started saying that I seemed a lot more fierce and... And, you know, protective of myself and my children as time went by.
0: Yes, it's not, and you know that, and I think that's a big part of it too, is that here in the West, in our modern world, we expect, you know, if we have a problem, you know, if we have a health problem, we expect to go to the doctor, Mm -hmm. get a prescription, and it's done, it's fixed. Um, The Vedic tradition doesn't quite have that same timetable. Um, and I, this is why, in terms of PujaNet and the Yagyas and pujas that we offer, I encourage people to think of it as being part of a process, part of the growth process. And in that sense, it's lifelong. And I think you're saying the same thing about yes. Ayurveda.
1: Yes. It's a commitment and saying, we have to make, you know. I mean, yeah. we can live our lives, we can live this fast-paced, hectic, crazy life, and one day it will catch up. Or we can say... I'm going to bring more balance into my life by applying these simple things, one mantra, 20 minutes of meditation, hot water with lemon, a swim, doing a little less. And in a very short time, you will see how much joy you experience, how much your health will improve, and everybody around you will be more happy for you, and you will influence them. And that's the way to live life, you know, not just running around doing, 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 every day like we're all doing
0: right now. True. And if we have to do, 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 and run around a lot because of our career or our family situation, it gives an anchoring at a certain level of peacefulness yeah. that uh, it just changes the nature of our experience and then also, more importantly, changes the way we relate to others.
1: Yes.
0: You know, it's yeah. better to be a source of, uh, of peace to the others than increased aggravation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. And we will. We understand and we have greater compassion for others. You sure. know, that's the greatness of Ayurveda, I find. When you understand how these doshas work and you see how your family members are different than you, then you have less judgment and more compassion. And you'll find more ways of helping them while you help yourself.
0: Excellent. So now we are going to be doing these podcasts at least a couple times a month. And uh, if you're listening to this, chances are you've found it on the puja.net, P-U-J-A.net website, uh, where we will uh, include uh, Aparna's lifestyle uh, suggestions and also uh, the mantras that we mention as well. Aparna has a website, themistressofspice.com, where you're happy to or welcome to go Uh, learn a little bit more about uh, her services. And um, any final words?
1: Yeah, I thought I would share this quote from the Vedas. Have your attention on what is and see its fullness in every moment. The presence of the divine is everywhere. You have only to consciously embrace it with your attention.